not recording now. Hi. No, we are. Oh, we yeah. are I just recording reset now. It. Oh, I just reset okay. it. Yeah. So now I don't have to worry about the other stuff. Hey. Welcome hey. to Ghosts and Hoes. Ghosts and Hoes, a paranormal podcast where we talk yep. about all things spoopy. Yep. Cryptids, aliens, yeah. uh-huh. murder most foul. Poop. Sometimes. Dicks. <laughs> Dicks and poop. But today, yeah. Uh, oh. We're going to talk about witchcraft. We are going to talk about witchcraft. It also has been an eternity, it feels like, since we've been here. It does feel that way, and I don't like it. Uh-uh. Never again. Never again. So. Yeah. But yeah. Oh. Today, we have a very special guest. Yes. We have spoken before. Uh, our Patreons got a sneak peek a while ago. And so now, I'm going to read you this very illustrious and fancy bio from a book that is amazing. So, today's guest is the one, the only, Oregon Woodwitch, J. Allen Cross. (laughs) So, J. Allen Cross is a practicing witch of Mexican, Native American, and European descent whose craft was shaped by his Catholic upbringing and mixed family culture. Living in his home state of Oregon, he works as a psychic medium and occult specialist for a well-known paranormal investigation team out of the Portland metro area. When he's not investigating, he provides spells and potions to his local community, exploring haunted and abandoned places, working as a consultant for other workers and investigators, and of course, writing about witchcraft. And if you don't already follow him on Instagram, TikTok, all of the places... Do it. Do it immediately. And the handle is... Oregon underscore wood underscore witch on Instagram. But type that into any social media and you'll find him. And we are lucky enough to call him our friend. So. Yes. Yeah, yes. Hi. Hey, honey. How are you? I am doing so great. I am living my best life. I have been <laughs> vaccinated. I'm returning to the streets Woo. to reclaim my time. <laughs> I am very excited to, to be here with y'all. In the streets. In the streets. Uh, so I have been reading your book, and of course I pre-ordered it. Um, so do you want to tell everyone about your book? Tell, what is the name of your book, and where can they find it, first of all? So the name of my book is American Brujeria, and it is available quite literally everywhere right now. Like I saw it available for order from Walmart and Target <gasps> and all these places. It's in Barnes & Nobles. Um, you can get it on Amazon, all these different places. Um, which I'm very excited about. So you can pick it up pretty much anywhere. I, of course, always recommend that people go to their local metaphysical bookstore and support small businesses because they are kind of the backbone of our paranormal witchcraft community. So I do highly recommend uh, going there and supporting them if you're going to be grabbing a copy yourself. Um, And the book itself is a it's a bit of a love letter to everyone who is of mixed race or, or otherwise kind of caught in between two cultures. Uh, the, the book is really about um, the idea of uh, Mexican folk magic and American folk magic kind of coming together because those of us who are both Mexican and American often kind of find ourselves in between two different cultures where I always have a flashback to that scene in Selena where the dad is yelling about how (laughs) we had to be more Mexican than the Mexicans and more American than the Americans in order to prove that we belong anywhere. And so the book very much kind of centers around that idea 
um, and kind of talks about our specific folk magic as modern people who are Mexican and American. I love it so much. I, while not Mexican and American, definitely identify as being one of those in-between people being half Middle Eastern and then half white American uh, being told many times throughout my life that I'm not brown enough for the brown kids in college, but I'm not white enough for another group of people. So I truly do appreciate and identify in a parallel to that kind of situation. (laughs) It's not the same, but I get it. Yeah. Very Uh, much. A lot of people who are kind of caught in between two races, even if it's completely different races from something that's Mexican and American, really are kind of understanding the book really well. And it's very much speaking to a lot of people on kind of a heart level, which is I'm very happy to hear about. Yay. Do you remember, and it's so funny, as I'm reading your book, I hear your voice as I read it, just because I know your voice. I know your voice well. And and it just, I chuckle sometimes because you know, those, those little comedic nuances I can hear you saying, and I know exactly how you would say it, but do you remember, God, it must've been two years ago. Now I was sitting at work one day and all of a sudden I just had this, this flash. Like I had to message you and I, I just sent you a message and I was like, you're going to be something with business. You are going to really like something is going to happen. And you were like, yep, that's, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm praying, I'm thinking, and this is, I don't know if you had already thought you were going to be writing the book, if you had started writing the book, but yeah, that was. I do remember that. Yeah, I think that was a actually few years ago. I was attempting to get it published or, or I was trying to meet with a publisher about it around that time. Yeah. So I remember getting that message and being like, oh, I hope it's about this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I would say it is. Yeah. I would say it is. And you also have a podcast, Invoking Witchcraft. I do. Yes, we have. With Archaic Honey, yeah. Yeah, my friend Britton, also known as Archaic Honey on Instagram, we have launched um, Invoking Witchcraft, which is a podcast all about kind of folk magic. We're both kind of dirty folk witches that are just like, (laughs) I got a chicken foot and a tin can, let's do this. Um, So we we get very, very into it. We're very hands-on. We're very much about doing the work and kind of moving away from the kind of pop culture version of witchcraft that we're seeing these days and kind of moving into the grittier version of it. Uh, And I I have really been enjoying your podcast as well. And it is very different just in that you guys give more realistic, more real uh, tips and ideas and, and things as opposed it's not just a podcast that's talking about witchcraft and bloviating about mm-hmm. witchcraft. It's, it's real. It's nitty gritty. It's look mm-hmm. this, if, if you want Z, you got to go X, Y, you'll get Z. Like it's, yep. Yeah, it, it's really nice to finally come across a witchcraft podcast that gives really, really good skill lessons, ideas, and tips. Yes. Now, that said, yes. there are some people that have been less than stoked so far about some of the things in your book, which I find hilarious and ridiculous but please before we get back to all of the nice things I'm gonna get this one out of the way because it tickles me oh, I and know I know exactly it tickles you. what you're gonna say so 
So please let's talk about that. Let's let's talk about that. And I, in particular, uh, well, there's two that I can think of. One, the person that seemingly created a TikTok account just to give a blow by blow of why she hated <laughs> your book, which is nuts to me. <laughs> Uh, but basically, and then also to turn around and be like, by the way, I'm writing my own book that might be exactly the same thing. So <laughs> you should read my book instead. Um, and then a lot of people got a little upset about, uh, the part on Santa, Santa Muerte. Muerte. Yeah. I knew that's exactly where you were going to go. And mm-hmm. because, you know, I, I've. I've followed you. We've been friends for a while and I follow your Instagrams and such. And so I see the things even before the book came out. So many people are like, Santa Muerte. Yay. She's wonderful. And it's like, he will. She's my mommy. Right. Right. So yeah, go ahead and, and talk about that for a minute. Yeah, it's interesting. I've had, I mean, overall, like I, I have to say that overall, um, it's been wildly positive, the, yes, the response right. that we've gotten. I've gotten so many messages from people saying that it really helped them understand their families better and reconnect with their heritage and all that stuff, which is really beautiful. Um, but of course, every book is going to have people who have things that they get hung up with. And what's hilarious is that people have been hung up with um, two very major parts of the book. And one of that is the fact that Catholicism is mentioned at all. I was going that was that was going to be the next topic that I I touched on, which is hilarious because. Number one, have we met Mexicans? Right. Um, Catholicism is a thing in our culture for sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, and and people have this misunderstanding that the the practice of real traditional brujería, people think that it is indigenous, and it's not actually. It was brought over um, from Spain because a great deal of traditional brujería comes from something called the Book of Saint Cyprian, um, which has a very kind of sordid past. And in fact, it's not just one book; it's several books. Um, but the ones that influenced Mexico the most were the Portuguese versions and the Spanish versions that were brought in, that were brought over um, from Europe, and both of which were folk Catholic in nature. Um, so the idea that that you know Catholicism has no place in brujería is is a little absurd <laughs> at that right. point. And plus, as our culture will tell you, we are heavily Catholic, and that does come through in our magic. Um, so it is important to really reconnect with some of these things. Now, I understand that colonization was a very awful event, and the way that uh, Catholicism was brought to our country was not good. Right. Um, however, it's been several hundred years since then, and things have changed. It has integrated into our culture, and we've found ways to use it to fight back and to represent us as our people, which is important. And when we go to look at this work, you know, most of our families were not ancient Aztec people. Mm-hmm. Most of our families are Mexican people. Our grandmothers, our great grandmothers, are people who, you know, prayed the rosary, taught us these special prayers, um, had a wild thing for Vicks vapor rub, which is also <laughs> in the book. And we can talk about that later. Um, but this is all very much part of our culture, and so I think it's important that we don't necessarily hide from that fact. Yes. Right. Now, when it comes to the the Santa Muerte chapter, um, this one has been a little interesting. Because people are very divided on this chapter, um, which I which I think is kind of funny. On one hand, I have devotees that are messaging me saying, thank you so much um, for this chapter. It really clarified some things for people. It's really things that needed to be said. I also have people who think I'm the Antichrist um, <laughs> because I didn't say that the spirit that is death 
is a very cuddly, loving entity. Uh, when I was doing the research for this book, and I've I've been doing research on La Santa Muerte for three or four years now, because at one point I started my re research several years ago because I wanted to become a devotee. And I, I didn't end up going through with that, but I started my research on her several years ago. And so I took classes from devotees. I read books from devotees. I talked to American and Mexican devotees, as well as former devotees and Mexican people who had uh, interactions with her. And as I'm collecting these stories and, and people's um, things that people went through and, and what their experiences were, were with her, um, there were a good handful of them that were very loving, tender um, kind of relationships that people had with her. But on the other side, a, a good majority of the stories that I heard were not great. They were not tender. They were not loving. Um, and something I started to notice was that people would end up having the less favorable uh, interactions with her when they were either approaching her like an ATM or not respecting her or not showing her the devotion that she really requires. Mm -hmm. um, and in the United States, once these kind of foreign spirits show up on our radar, we have a habit of kind of taking away all their scary parts so that they're more marketable. Mm -hmm. And so suddenly people are saying like, oh, no, Santa Muerte is nothing but love. Um, she's just a, a mother figure, which can we talk about how sexist it is that we turn every powerful female spirit into a loving mother? Yeah, absolutely. That's a concern that I have in our in our community. People are like Lilith is my mother. And I'm like, Lilith hated children. <laughs> I'm like, that's, that's not, no. Uh, like, how, much no. About, how much do you know about yeah, your like, mother? Yeah, we're going to need to right? research some of this a little bit more. So what I wanted to do, because since I'm seeing this, this uptick happening in the United States of, right. of people writing in their books, posting on their blogs that, you know, La Santa Muerte is just, she's just here to give you whatever you want. Like she's mm -hmm. like, and, and I keep telling people, I'm like, it's La Santa Muerte, not La Santa Claus. It's a very <laughs> different, different spirit. So I, what I wanted to do is I wanted to remind people with this chapter yeah. That she is not here to be part of your aesthetic. Right. She is not here to just give you whatever you want. She is not your sugar mama. She is a powerful spirit of death. Yeah. And that needs to be respected. That needs to be shown devotion. That needs to be understood before you call it into your home. You need to realize that this spirit is death. Yeah. And that is not a metaphor. No. That it, is not a joke. It literally means the saint of death. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And I, I think that especially now with witchcraft becoming more mainstream due to social media, movies, television, what have you. But I, I mean, I think that, you know, television shows and movies, those have always been around. I mean, the craft, I mean, that movie's how many years old, but it was social media that really made it go. And, people it's it's like certain deities now are like tag words right you've got mm -hmm. your you got your big ones and they're like uh, i'm with hecate i'm with santa muerte and mm -hmm. because that's what they see that's what they don't really understand that first of all there's many 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 deities you can work with mm -hmm. um but some of them are a little more, um, they require much more from you 
if they're a little you, spicier. Yeah. It, so if you are going to work with them, if you're going to call them and they do require more from you, don't just because you hear this, you know, tag word, this major deity, don't just start there. Do your research. Like you said, do your mm-hmm. research. See what calls to you. See how you feel, where your path as a witch kind of goes. Because, you know, if, if you're leaning more towards, you know, a green witch, you're, you're really into herbs and herbalism and such. Yeah. You know what? Santa Muerte is probably not for you. You know, I mean, and and it's okay if she's not. It's okay, exactly. exactly. They don't have Mm -hmm. to. You don't have to be right with. You're like, well, this person I follow on TikTok that has a million followers is a devotee of Hecate, so I should be too. So, and it's like, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. Right? Not, not true. No, not at all. Because uh, so, so many reasons. So many reasons. Well, I see so many people try to force it, too. I get a lot of messages from people that are like, uh, you know, I I lit these candles to, you know, La Santa Muerte because I want to start a relationship with her. And they won't light. Or if they do light, then the glass cracks and it turns black. And (laughs) I have to keep trying to light it again and again. And I'm like... Maybe, maybe we don't, maybe we don't work with her. I'm not, I'm not seeing this as being a good sign right now that she really wants to work with you, but then people do not want to listen to that. I also get messages from people too, that are like, oh, well, I was told recently that every, everything I had heard about her that was at all scary is a complete lie Mm. that was made up by the church. And I'm like, no, 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 (laughs) no, that's that's not, no, that's, that's not completely true. And it's funny because I do see a definite difference in between the people messaging me who are angry about it are normally American people who work with her. Hmm. And the people messaging me that are like, thank you so much for for setting this straight are people from Mexico or people from Mexico City where her her, her big shrine is. Mm-hmm. So I do see a very uh, distinct divide between kind of the two communities on it. Yeah. Um, and that makes sense. I mean, yeah. it, it just, it, it does. Yeah. So yeah. Um, now in terms of the Catholicism, you know, I think that it is, well, I, I know it is, first of all, a huge misconception yeah. that people who are Christian or Catholic, that you cannot be a faith, traditional religion, faith-based witch. Which is mm-hmm. so funny to me because when you read the Bible, there's a lot of magic in there. A lot. Like, Oh, yeah. It's like it's, a Tolkien novel. Right? <laughs> it's, a, right? it's a magical tome. However you want to take it, there's some fucking spells happening in there. There's yeah, a lot of magic right. that happens. Yeah. Well, and even just like the first two books. Like, first Genesis is just like they talk about like astrology. God refers to itself in plural, both as male and female, which yeah. is a really interesting part in like the first page of the Bible. Very. But then like, then the second book, which is Exodus, it's just Moses and Aaron just hexing the absolute pants off of Egypt. <laughs> and so like, it's, uh, how can we say that, you know, magic is not a part of Catholicism or Christianity? Like, right. It's, it's very much in there. Yeah. Right. You know, and there is there is absolutely no reason that someone can't be a christian witch or a catholic witch because witchcraft does not mean that you are an atheist it doesn't mean that you have to denounce god you don't you don't have to do that yeah it's like you can be any faith or lack thereof or lack thereof you can be an atheist be an atheist you know yeah but like even um the temple of or the satanic temple like 
they are all atheists. That is that is their thing. However, they will accept people who do deity work. You you can be a card carrying member of TST and still be a devotee of Hecate or Freya or Santa Muerte or whoever. Um, but you know, it just there's there's no that's not a rule in witchcraft that you have to not be a religious person. And I don't know where Absolutely. or why that is yeah, a thing. Yeah, I'm not quite sure how that happened per se. I don't know. I think... Like, nope. I'm not the expert. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a question? No, I was going to say, I think that a lot of it has to do with uh, just how society in mass has portrayed witchcraft. It kind of goes, you know, I know that this isn't the case, but... As far as most of the world is concerned, witchcraft kind of goes hand in hand with sat- with Satanism. Absolutely, you know. Yeah, and then well, from there, like it's it's like the Judeo witch- Judeo Christian yeah. v correct Salem witchcraft else. trials. Exactly, it was all the devil, right? Yeah, it's all yes. the devil. Yeah. yeah, so that that is a good point. And I think that that just sort of carries over across, and people just assume that if you're a witch, you can't be a Christian because you're a witch. Right, yeah. and the if you're two a are witch, actually, it's inherently they're right. completely separate bad. from one another. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Correct. Well, I think in modern standards, too, a lot of this that we see in kind of the magical community, which until very recently, magical community and pagan community were synonymous with one another. They were the same group that we were Mm -hmm. talking about. And I think that there's been this resistance to kind of folk magic, which employs a lot of Christianity in it, Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of people run to paganism and witchcraft as a way of escaping from their traumatic Christian upbringing, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which means that there's a lot of resistance to this idea of Christianity also sitting at the table when it comes to magical or or witchcraft-oriented things. Mm -hmm. Um, On top of that, too, I think people have a hard time wrapping their brain around the fact that Catholicism and folk Catholicism are very different things. Mm-hmm. People think that as soon just because they see a rosary or because they see an Our Father or a Hail Mary or something like that, that we are supporting the institution of the Catholic Church. And that is no way, shape, or form correct because, in fact, the Catholic Church absolutely hates folk Catholicism <laughs> and really, really wants people to stop, but we won't. Um, and in folk Catholicism, we do not care for the institution of of it all because the the church, capital T, capital C, as an institution and the religion are two very different things. Right. And so when we do folk Catholicism, we are working with Mary and God and Jesus and rosaries and prayer and things like that, but also a whole mess of other stuff <laughs> that is also incorporated into it. So when people see the Catholicism, they immediately go to their stereotypical version of white American Catholicism. Mm-hmm. But when we bring it over to folk Catholicism, especially in areas like Mexico, it's very different. It's very dark um, and in some areas very scary. Um, to work this kind of folk Catholic magic. And so people don't understand that we're not necessarily talking about the same Catholicism. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. well, it's like uh, from a lot of other countries and different, like you were saying earlier, how it was brought to those places, much like voodoo and hoodoo. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of Catholicism ingrained in those practices as well so it's not like i don't know like a lot of people i've seen 
on the internet and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to start practicing voodoo. I'm like, well, are you, though? Are you, though? Are you really? <laughs> are the you one. really? Are you sure about that? Because I've got questions, comments, and concerns. <laughs> 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 uh, you might want to rethink that. And I've, I've met plenty of practitioners that are also from the States, and they I'm like, sure, this is great, but it's one of those things that people see it on the surface. They like the aesthetic and the sound of it. Right. But there's a lot of iceberg hiding beneath those waters that yeah, well, that's I don't like, think they want to necessarily look into because they're like, nope, this is enough work for me. I don't want to do the rest, which you have to if you're going to get into something like that. Right. Um, you no. know, and I have a very dear friend who had messaged me and he was like, hey, my daughter really wants to, um, she's really interested in witchcraft, practicing witchcraft. She's not sure how to go about it. And I said, okay, well, and he, you know, got us in contact and I said, start reading this book. And when you're done, come back and talk to me. You need mm -hmm. to, you can't just be like, I'm a witch. Get me some jars. It's not how this works. You mm -hmm. have to read. You have to learn. You have to see what feels comfortable for you. You can't just say, ooh, Santa Muerte looks so cool. She does. She looks fucking badass. I get it. But you don't just be like, oh, she looks rad. I'm going to follow her. That's not how that works. That's mm -mm. it's not how it's not how that works at all. And you really need to educate yourself and you need to and if you are called to a deity and you're very interested in a deity, do your research. Read, yes. understand, and you have to know what mm -hmm. what it really is all about because you when you do that you might realize, Oh, I guess that's not for me. You know, and or mm -hmm. oh, the witchcraft thing takes a lot of work. Maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I just like the aesthetic and I'm going to shop at Hot Topic. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, you have to educate yourself. Oh, I think we can just say it now. Sorry, I wish you were here, but would anybody like a would fancy anybody topo? Like a Chico? I can go get a Chico. I'd like a Tapo Chico. I'd like a spicy Chico. Have you had the Tapo Chico hard seltzers? No, what even did they start making hard seltzers? Yeah, I would yes. like a pineapple. I know that they one, had please. like the sparkling water, but a pineapple. You wanted strawberry, strawberry, Drops. mango, no mango, no mango, strawberry or pineapple. Strawberry. Surprise me, strawberry. Yeah, they did. I of all places found them at the Walmart and oh. was real excited about Walmart it. Walmart has everything. I Walmart was like, does. of all time, I an ad popped up, I think on Twitter, and I was like, oh. I will find these and I will become insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> insufferable. But yeah, so I brought them today. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Um, but yeah, it's there's there's a lot of reading involved. Yeah. There, there just there is. is. A lot. There's a lot of reading, but but that's how you learn. You don't just proclaim something and then start throwing stuff around and um you know, you had said something and it was on your podcast and it is something that just, I was like, yep, nope, 100%. And once upon a time, actually being hexed by someone was, was pretty rare because, you know, yes, it could happen, but there really weren't that many people that could truly hex or curse you. Mm -hmm. Now... Because they didn't have the information. They didn't have um, the tools. Yeah. 
so to speak. But now you can really find any old legit hex, jinx, curse on the interwebs. And if you've got someone that's lucky enough to throw it the right way and it works, then you've got a bona fide fucking hex. I've seen far too many people on the interwebs just throw in hexes for minor inconveniences. I'm like... What, like the moon? Just willy-nilly. Trying to hex the moon is a whole different... <laughs> it's not what I meant, but also that is but a thing. right, but exactly. Yeah, just people be like, this person spoke to me in the wrong tone. I'm going to hex them. I'm like, Why? She stole my boyfriend. I'm going to hex her. Okay, like, well, well... Let's maybe okay. not. Right. <laughs> First of all, he wasn't that great to begin with, so I'm not sure this is hex-worthy. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But, yeah. Um, but that's that's... You know, it's there's so much information out there now that is available to people that, yeah, you just, but you really have to do your research and read and know what you're fucking with. Well, and kind of this idea too that we had in kind of the 90s and the early 2000s about, you know, oh, hexing is very rare, people don't hex, all this stuff. It was a very kind of white Wicca, a paradigm because in other uh, in other cultures especially like mexican culture african culture and i guess too as well like italian culture is, is like this as well where uh spiritual warfare is a thing yes that happens oh, so this oh idea that hexes are rare is a specifically american early wicca culture right idea um and that doesn't hold true in other cultures from around the world right Right. And now you've got everything on the internet. And if somebody just happens to throw it right, well, there you go. Uh-oh. But I've tr- I, I can't tell you how many of my internet friends I have tried to like talk off a ledge from hexing people. I'm like, but is it worth it? Is it really truly worth your time, your effort, potentially your money if you're paying random strangers from the internet to right. hex people for you? I love you, but maybe let's take a few deep breaths. Right. Light a candle, watch a nice <laughs> movie, and then come back to it later. And, and the other side of that coin is, you know, once upon a time, someone would be like, I, I, I think I'm hexed. I think I'm cursed. No, 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 no. You're 99% not. But now you just can't say that. You know, yeah. it's, 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 you just can't say that. And like you said, in, in all those other cultures, you know, spiritual warfare has been a thing for a long time. And now I feel like it's in the hands of children and it's all bad. <laughs> Yes. Oh God, the, the children out here TikToking with their jars full of glitter and and galanko root. I don't know what the hell they're using out here these oh, days. Oh God, youths. Youths. It's, it's not been good. It's the youths. The youths. Like oh, youths. Just I please. Oh, they're out here accidentally making first. bombs that are going to explode in their face. Oh, Christ, who knows? Mixing yeah. mixing things they shouldn't mix. Putting fl- too many flammable things in candles oh, altar candles i love that reaction because that's my favorite look how look how strong my magic is no that's five pounds of herbs on the top of your candle like, baby girl that's, <laughs> that's that's all the herbs the petition papers and the glitter yeah. and possibly Bonfire. some kind of flammable alcohol 
that you put atop your candle and probably didn't put holes in it. Kind Just... of fun how uh, dry things burn, huh? Weird, right? I probably know. shouldn't inhale that smoke, sis. <laughs> or, you know, you do you. you right, do it. Yeah, do it. <laughs> inhale that, that, that dope magic right into your lungs. Yeah. Right in there. Um, so I personally have, I, I really love, um, the way you explain working with saints. I've taken, I've taken many classes from you. Um, Mm -hmm. and one of my favorites was the saints class and how working with certain saints for certain things. And then there, there are the saints that like, don't fuck with them unless you're ready or, don't do it. It'll be bad. It'll just be bad. It'll yeah. End poorly. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I really liked that section too. And so, have you had many people ask you about that though? Like, like, how do I work with saints? How do I, someone that maybe never thought that they'd be into Catholicism in witchcraft? Because I, I, yes. I, I, I am not, I am not a Catholic. But I work, I call on Michael for certain things at certain times. I mean, if you need an epic badass at your side, that is who you call. He like, loves that shit. You lose he something? loves it. So, um, Give St. Anthony a call. Right. So yeah. have you had many other questions about people like, oh, I didn't know I could work with saints? I do. The, the same thing kind of kind of trips people up on, on two levels. I, I do get a lot of messages from people that are like, oh, well, I'm not Catholic at all, and I never will be Catholic, and I don't believe in any of it all, but can I work with the saints? And I'm like, well, yes, but you have to believe that they are real. Right. For instance, I had somebody come to me once, try to book a uh, tarot reading with me by starting off with the phrase, I know that you're a fraud and this is just going to be me wasting my money, but I wanted to know if you had an available spot for a tarot reading. No, absolutely fucking exactly. not. Exactly. <laughs> no, get out of here. Go on now, get. Um, so it's like, it's exactly like that. If you if you go up to a saint, you're like, I don't believe in you, don't believe in anything that you stand for, none of that. However, can you do me this favor? That's not going to be received well. Right. So you don't have to be a Catholic. (laughs) You don't have to go to church. You don't have to subscribe to church doctrine. But you do have to believe that there is something on the other end of that prayer that can help you, that you have respect for. That is important. And if you are believing in saints and as beings that are able to help you, I have news for you. You're not as far away from Christianity as you thought, because that's how I ended up right back in Catholicism. (laughs) Was me being like, I'm not going to do any of that Christianity stuff, but I am going to work with some saints. And then, oops, here I am, just Catholic as well again. I did it again. The other thing about the saints that really screw people up is they always get it mixed up with Santeria, which is where the saints are a disguise for other spirits from Africa. Okay. Whereas in what we're doing in Mexico a lot of the time, the saints we are talking about are the actual Catholic saints. And people don't understand that. People want to go like, okay, but like what indigenous spirit is this really? And I'm like, it is really the saints that we are talking about. Okay. Uh, which is which is important to notice. So a lot of times people can't wrap their brain around that we are actually not praying to a different spirit. We are praying to the Catholic saint itself. Yeah. Um, which which throws people off a lot. Yeah. What would, you tweeted something the other day 
And by the other day, it could have been like three weeks ago because <laughs> time is insane to me. It's but painting. right, I'm like I don't understand anymore. But you said something about uh, like influencing your friends with Catholicism or something, oh, and yeah. I was like. Yes, but also no, but also yes, <laughs> because right. yes, yes. Just staring at all the rosaries you've collected, like oh, but also I truly, yes. I truly did. Like I was like, I have at least eight, I think, in my house. I'm like, okay, well, there's those rosaries. Then I got my Saint Dymphna over here. I've got my holy water. Uh-huh. I've got all these candles. <laughs> okay, so about that, me. Uh, whoops. Yeah, a little. A We're little. not so different, you and I. <clears throat> no, no, <laughs> we are not. But yeah, it was it was really funny because yeah, it's you just don't realize because when I started practicing, kind of there was nothing, there was no intention. It was all just I came at it from like I want to learn all of the stuff because I'm pretty sure I can do stuff, but I don't know what to do with it or how to. And I was like I. I'm too anxious to just go into this blind and end up conjuring a demon somehow (laughs) because it's me and something would have happened. So I was like, okay, looking into it. And the more, and we were working together at the time. Um, I I still have the picture you left me at my desk my first day and, and the little card that you left me that says hail Satan with a dinosaur sticker, (laughs) (laughs) like a little sparkly dinosaur sticker. But I remember we would like chat back and forth at our cubicles and you were telling me about like all your tinctures and stuff that you were making. It was really exciting. I'm like, Oh, this is great. And so then you're like, yeah, here's some websites you can go check out. I'm like, Oh yeah. So just like voraciously consuming all this stuff. And the more I did, the more I was like, okay, well this saint randomly popped up in my search and I don't know why or how I wasn't looking for it. But just one day, all of a sudden, I started, like, being really interested in learning about saints. And mm-hmm. that's how I found St. Dymphna. And I'm like, hmm, mm-hmm, okay, okay. It it has a way of working itself out. Yeah. If you trust in yourself and what you're doing, then it'll all, it'll all work out. You and just I, have to learn. Yeah. And be willing to learn mm-hmm. and be willing to be wrong. Right. Oh, absolutely. And I I remember, and I can't remember the saints' names, but you had said specifically there are saints that you approach with caution. Mm -hmm. Many. So you don't just be like, hey, here's a candle, do this for me. Uh, Some will be happy to work with you because they don't get called on as much Mm -hmm. and they're like ready to roll. They're like anxious. They're they're eager. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah." But there are (laughs) those saints that you 100% have to approach with caution. Lots of them. Can't remember. But um that yeah that were a few names specifically that you uh, that you gave me but yeah there are many I have found in my journey like I've tried to work with uh Orishas before and it, nothing happened I'm like cool okay and yeah it was I'm like well, well I get it not yeah. for me cool okay <laughs> we'll talk later maybe uh but then after trips and very weird dreams, I was like, okay, well, maybe I should look into this a little bit more. And that's when I started researching more about hoodoo and voodoo and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. But it's not like I am 
out here every single day having conversations with Pablo Legba because absolutely not. No. Yeah, no. And I can tell you honestly, he has come to me many times. I'm like, I see you. I am not ready for this. <laughs> like, I get it. I know what you're doing, but the answer is no right now. No. <laughs> it's going to be a no for me, dog, for a minute. Yeah, you got to be real prepared well, for that's that why. One. That's why I started, why, why I made that pop it of him just one day I'd had a dream and I'm like I gotta make one this is, the time is coming I gotta make this doll and that's how I do a lot of my work is through poppets that I make and so I was like okay and I was looking up photos of like traditional Papa Legba and I could just not hear but not not hear like you know you know when they're around yeah. and they're just like there's just that feeling yeah, yeah and it's kind of like just they're telepathically implanting images into my brain and he kept showing me the character from uh coven because uh-huh. i think he really liked that portrayal of him <laughs> and so that's He's how kind of a cool guy yeah he was kind of a cool and guy in that one. that's that's how i ended up making that because mm. it's like and he's like, oh, go back to that picture that you just saw before. No, no, that one, that one. I'm like, okay, 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 fine. <laughs> but he's still not finished because I know once I finish it, that he's gonna be like, hey, girl, you ready? <laughs> you're like, still no, still no, sir, still no, still no, still no. But I think that that's really wise. And I think that's something that we're really missing from modern kind of spiritual or witchcraft communities is this idea of being like, yeah, just because the spirit came to me doesn't mean that I'm ready. Doesn't mean that it's my lane. Doesn't mean, yeah. you know, any of these things. Because, you know, in order to go forth and do that work, you know, you wouldn't have to do very serious things. Like you'd have to find a voodoo house and you'd have to like mm-hmm. get your initiations and things like that. And so noticing that just because the spirit is there, just because you also may want to, doesn't mean that you're necessarily in a place to do so. We see that a lot these days where people are like, oh, well, I want to do voodoo or I want to do Santeria. So, and I can't afford to go to the place to get the initiations or or that's just too complicated and hard. Therefore, I'm just going to skip them. Yeah. And just start asking for things from the Loa or the Orisha (laughs) or anything like that. And I'm like, no, no, that is not how this is done. These are not things you want to like cut corners on. You don't no, want to skip right. steps. It's going to end poorly for us, mostly you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think there is a huge amount of wisdom and maturity that comes with saying, like, I like this. This thing is neat, but this is not where I am right now. And being okay with that and not feeling yeah. like it means that you're not a powerful witch or, or whatever right. that people really assign to it. But right. being able to know when it's right for you and when it's not is huge. Thank right. you. And it's okay to accept the fact that you're not the next Supreme. It's okay. Right. Not all of us can be. <laughs> well, and I think that that also circles back to the popularity of witchcraft itself. Um, the, the witchcraft communities and social media and people just think that they can decide to be a witch great to be a witch you have to practice witchcraft to practice witchcraft you have to educate yourself you have to learn you have to practice you have to do work you can't just Mm -hmm. decide to be a witch and then decide that you're gonna fucking 
uh, oh, I don't know, Hex the Fae? Wasn't that it? Curse the Fae oh. or some bullshit? <laughs> I don't know. I can't with the Switch Talk stuff. It's absolutely asinine. And I think that there's probably some really, really good and insightful people in that community because I know that you went on there for that reason to be like, hey, this is the real... I mean, you can't do that. You can't do that shit. You can't just be like, hey, I'm a witch. I'm going to curse the moon. I'm going to curse your mom. I'm going to make that guy love me. You just, you don't, you don't jump from A to Z. You have to go all the way through it to mm-hmm. get to that end. Well, not with that attitude. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because the other thing that I think people may, maybe don't understand is witchcraft can be really fucking dangerous. Yes. Absolutely. Very and that's something fucking a lot of people don't dangerous. want to look at. Yeah, they don't. They're like, don't gatekeep me. I'm like, mm, is that I'm what I'm doing? I'm trying to keep you alive. I'm, exactly. <laughs> right. I'm trying to keep you safe. And please. there's a difference between gatekeeping and giving people actual knowledge and advice mm-hmm. that they just don't want to fucking hear because they don't want to do the work. In some instances, though, gatekeeping is not necessarily terrible. It can, no, sometimes it's right. very necessary. Right, yeah. right. It's it's just like taking, like, let's say you sign up for a pole dancing class. You have to go through the introduction of the classes, how to do the work, before you can actually get into it and go to a level that's safe. You can't... You don't just start at the inverted cross. You don't just start <laughs> at, like... Advanced three, where you're doing aerial flips on a pole. You right. have to start at the beginning. Like, this is a very simple move. This is how we stretch to prepare. This yeah. is how we mm-hmm. grip one handed. This is how we grip with two hands. This is. And you end up with a lot of bruises, but that's yep. how you learn. Exactly. Right? By being a beginner. Nobody right. wants to be a beginner anymore. And there's no nothing wrong with it. But in the work. That's like, exactly it's it. It's fine to be a beginner. Own it. Be okay with that because we were all beginners. I was a beginner too. Like, right. you know, people people look at my Instagram and go, "Okay, I want to be that tomorrow." Right. And it's like, "No, I have been doing this for over 20 years at this right. point." Right. It's like, right. "Do it's it's not an overnight success. No. It took no. no. work and time." Right. And I think that you know that the people you, you need to be humble about it. Exactly. It's not like you're just going to say, I'm going to I'm gonna practice witchcraft and then just go to fucking, like, insane mag- this level of witchcraft that takes years Yeah, you're not going to go from to... hearing about voodoo to becoming a priestess in an evening. Yes. And, <laughs> like, that's just not... Unless you're on TikTok, then you absolutely can do that. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because you just said it was true. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like, I'm a voodoo priestess now. Be, Guys, yeah, right. did you know? Right, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. But, you not. know, be humble. Do the work. Get knocked on your ass a couple times. Do a bunch of spells that don't fucking work and then figure out why. Yeah. What? Yes. Why didn't it work? It's just like science. It's Yeah, you know? And then once you actually start doing the work and things start to happen... Yeah. Then you can, you know, be happy. Give yourself that moment, you know? And then, and then you can advance a little bit. And it's like right. also when you're practicing, listen to 
your intuition, yourself, or perhaps a spirit or deity that's there working with you. You might not have known. Right. You may have called upon them and they may be guiding you. Listen to that when you're like reading a spell off of Pinterest, perhaps. Uh, and you're like, well, that herb doesn't feel right. I don't like that. I don't, I'm going to do this instead. Go with it. Yeah. I might be wrong. Yeah. As long as you don't mix things like bleach and What's that one all the kids are putting in jars now? It's like, yeah, bleach and ammonia. Please don't do that ever. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, that's the new thing with hex jars. And I'm like, that's how you die. Like, I've seen that a couple of times online. I have not seen that anywhere. Just grabbing random, like, household chemicals from underneath and just pouring them into jars. (gasps) No, no. Because they think pissing in it is gross. (laughs) Pissing in what? Jars. Jars. Is pee a normal part of this thing? Yes. Yes. Okay. It can be. It depends on what what craft you're practicing, what you're usually, like, you know, hexes. God damn, we are not educating children. <laughs> right? <laughs> no. Right? Also, you don't need uh, to mix ammonia and bleach. You don't. Pee in it. Or if you're it's really sterile. grossed out by peeing in a jar, use vinegar. Use vinegar. And if or that bothers like, you, don't do or this. Or don't, in general. <laughs> exactly. Or exactly. just don't. It's like, if if, you, if you're if you grossed out by the witchcraft, don't do the witchcraft. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's that simple. Ta-da! Exactly. There's, there's a lot of this kind of, this is the analogy that I use a lot. I, I feel like a lot of people, especially on the internet witchcraft community, want kind of all the prestige without av- actually having to do the work. Yeah. And then they yeah. get very offended when you bring up the work. And so I'm like, it's like y'all have joined the swim team and you're refusing to get into the pool. Yeah. Like you need to get wet at some point. Yes. You need to get into the water. Like you can't just wear the letterman's jacket. You need to actually yeah. get in there. You gotta, right. you gotta right. do it yourself. If, if you're not willing to pee in a jar, throw some random broken glass in it, hide it in a closet for two weeks, and then throw it into a random bog, you need to rethink what you don't have doing. to drink it? No. What no, the fuck no. are these kids doing? Those kids? I don't know. I just was talking pee in about a jar and do the thing yeah. that you just said. Yeah, <laughs> do just, the thing. Just, just pee in just the jar. Just don't mix some onion bleach and blow your fucking face off. Yeah, yeah what? don't do don't that. Don't do that. I know. Don't, don't do that. The fuck? It's, it's silly. Um, and, uh, I, I I also think that in terms of someone that wants to get into witchcraft, follow Josh, follow Organ Wood Witch, take one of his classes, learn something, yes. learn, read, and just educate yourself. You can't just claim it and be it. That's not how this works. And the other best thing is, like, if you're, there is someone you trust on the internet with this kind of thing like like us Mm -hmm. jay there are also going to be infinite resources if you ask oh absolutely and that's even if it's someone you don't really know ask for ask for resources like what's a book you would recommend for a beginner or i'm looking at using herbs more what what would be a good place to start any any person that practices any kind of witchcraft that is i i can't think of a word other than honorable or honest would be more than happy to point you in the right direction yeah yeah if somebody if you ask somebody for advice not going to someone being like i need a spell give me one for free like no no (laughs) it's not how that works but if someone comes to you 
Or you go to someone and you're like, hey, I'm really interested in learning more about what you're talking about. Do you have any books you would recommend? And they come at you with no, then you right. need to run away. <laughs> right. R- far, far away. Yeah. Leave, leave from them. Or go, my, go far from right. them. My favorite is, you know, when someone will message and say, could you do a love spell for me? Absolutely no. No, Ab- <laughs> I won't. Absolutely not. I shan't. I no. will not do that for you. The answer is no. I Can had to I? add something to my yes. terms and conditions. Will I? Oh, you did? No. Please do go on. Yeah. I had to because so recently I've I've gotten like an acuity scheduler because I'm trying to be an adult and like, you know, actually run a business. And so people can book their own, you know, consultations with me and whatnot, which is like great. Very excited about it. But, you know, because that means that they don't have to go through me in order to book it. And mm-hmm. I don't have to take the time to do that, which is awesome. It frees up a bunch of time. However, that also means that I don't necessarily get to vet them oh. coming ah, yes. in before they do. So my first like three or four bookings were just random people like, hi, this guy that I've never met before or like I met once on a vacation weekend and he then lied to me and he has a wife, but I now want him to love me or, or see if he still loves me. And I'm like, okay, how about, how about we don't? So I had to add into my, my terms and conditions, like on love spells, like I am here to help when it comes to love spells, but if this is just some random guy that you met once, fell in love in 24 hours, and then he ghosted you and or was married and or lied and or went to jail, um, <laughs> let's just call this what it is and say it's not going to work out. Yeah, you're like, and um, no. And, and that's also just life, guys. It happens. It is life. Yeah. People yeah. ghost you. They dump you. They choose other people. They, mm. they it, That's life. That doesn't mean you have to resort to fucking witchcraft. No, yeah. because often it's a blessing that they left you because a lot of these guys ding, that they're ding, trying ding. to get back are terrible. Yes. Also, how fucking like, selfish do you have to be to do that to somebody? Uh, right. That's like the people that we were talking about a while ago that want obsession spells, not not a love yeah. spell. That's fucked up. And I'm like, please watch this one specific scene of the craft because right. there's only one right. way for that to end. Yeah. And that is for one of you to die. Yeah. And, that's, and they're like, that sounds great. I'm like, like no. <laughs> like okay, here's here's the phone number to uh, a psychiatrist. Please, yeah. go go to them. I'm not here to attempt to fuck with someone's free will. Sorry, no, sorry. No. That's if not, that's what you want. That is not how this works. You are a butthole. I don't know. I might want to like make someone obsessed with being a coprahage. That's just me. <laughs> that's just me. That's just you. Yeah. If I can t- if I if if I can turn a, like a real real asshole in society to someone who just can't stop eating poop, I've done my job. Well, there you go. Right. We definitely I mean, I mean, there you go. We definitely know if Randall ever hexes someone, <laughs> there will be what shit it's going to be. <laughs> I mean, to be fair though, I always do say if I'm going to hex someone, it's going to be something like mildly inconvenient like public power sharding. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Public power sharding. Yeah. yeah. So like if somebody has done me wrong, but not like a great injustice, I'd be like Next time you have to give like a public speech or something, you are gonna shart so forcefully. Everybody and will loud oh, and yeah. loud. That's why I called it a power shart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to ask that. What exactly a power shart? You're gonna is. get oh, levitation from this. A, you'll get a little lift. You'll get a little lift <laughs> yeah. for sure. Propulsion. Exactly. Yeah. Power yeah. shart. Power shart. But like that. That's just if you're. 
I mean, I haven't actually done it. I joke about that a lot, though, because it's hilarious. Well, it is. But, you know, a, a good old-fashioned, like, annoying little hex be like, like Sophia Petrillo from the Golden Girls, may your socks always fall down in your shoes. Right? <laughs> Sneezes that won't come out completely. Yes. Oh, fuck you. That would be horrible. <laughs> it doesn't have to be like this all-time great revenge. It can just be something mildly inconvenient and really annoying. Funny. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, be like, absolutely. Be like, you're such. My a wild turd. Sagittarius mother likes to send fire ants to people's testicles. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> Dope. Show up like a rude customer in the restaurant. She'll be like, fire ants on your testicles, and I'm like, mom, no. <laughs> mother, Fantastic. I love your mom. She is the. Oh, I love her so much. She's great. Oh, she is truly. Fire ants in your testicles. Oh, no. no. Oh, no. Madam. May there forever be shit in your freezer. Oh, boy. That's, yeah. right. that's, a, that's a very you-specific curse. Yes, it is. That's a Bob-specific curse. That's a Bob-specific curse. Bob curse. Specific. Yeah. Fuck you, Bob. Fuck you, Bob. So um, if somebody is is starting out and they are building their their own little private apothecary, their things, all the things, what would you say, other than, you know, reading and educating yourself, what would be the top five things that you would tell a new starting out witch to purchase into, for, for spell work? To purchase. Or to, um, or to have on hand. A fire extinguisher. Yes. Yeah. Very Absolutely. Important. Very important. People have been getting wild out here thinking that witchcraft is an experiment in pyromania, and it's really not. It's not. Um, that's not the goal, but a lot no. of people really, because remember, nowadays witchcraft has to be Instagrammable, which right. means it requires a lot of things, has to be pretty, has to be dramatic. Um, but it, get a fire extinguisher. It's very Fair. important. Love it. Um, I also recommend a huge metal pot. I have one right next to me right now that is used for canning. Um, because it also goes along with fire safety. And sometimes you have to go to bed. Sometimes you have to leave, and sometimes you don't want to put your candles out. Put them inside the giant metal pot where they will be safe. Um, the one that I have right now is over a foot tall, meaning that even my Novena candles sit down inside of it very nicely. Um, and also, you just never know when you're going to need a giant pot. I mean, even, True. you know, you know, it, this is witchcraft. You need a giant pot. I mean, it's just it just comes standard. Yes. The modern day cauldron. They got them at Grosha yeah, for like yeah. 30 bucks. Yeah yeah. 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 Absolutely. Get a big old canner pot. Um, hmm, let me see. So I have three more. Um, a One of the things that I think every witch really needs to own is, of course, Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs. That's yes. one that I recommend to everybody. I feel like it's mandatory reading yes. um, on the subject. Um which is good. And it's just, it's really nice to have that reference around. Yeah. Uh, because there's so much stuff in our cupboard already that we can use if we only know how. Exactly. And so to just be able to flip something open and be like, basil can absolutely be used for this. Great. Um, my friend Temperance runs something kind of comically online. McCormick that she calls Coven. McCormick Coven. <laughs> <right>? yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. like the, just like spices. She's like, I never remember what plants are for what. So I just throw pickling spice into everything because it has like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's she's a great not idea. Wrong. You're not wrong. Right? She's like, not wrong. And you know what really pissed me off is the, how many people tried to come at her. Like somehow. <laughs> McCormick spices are any different than any spice you get at an apothecary. It's all the same fucking spice. Yeah. 
Right. It doesn't make it any more magical because you bought it out of a giant jar in apothecary. No, it's your intent. No. It's, if you're intending to make some pickles, you're going to make some pickles. If you're intending <laughs> to make this, some magic, to make some magic, you can make some magic with it. Yeah, it doesn't. It, it's yeah, I, and I love that that she just. You don't have to spend thirteen dollars at an apothecary to yeah. buy a quarter ounce of, yes. of chamomile flowers. If you've got chamomile tea, break up in your bags. closet. Yes, or closet cupboard. Same thing. Yeah, like, I made it. I made a post on there, um, kind of creating the the Mexican step cousin of the McCormick coven, which I is El Guapo coven. I see. Yes. In kind of like the the Mexican section of the grocery yeah. store, of those little baggies full of the herbs. I have and so many. So affordable, and they they're are. great quality. So a lot of us really do get our stuff from there. Yes. And, and like you know these these companies that make these little baggies full of herbs, like really know what's up because I've been to actual Mexican markets and gotten like rows of Jericho in those little ones for like three bucks. Oh, it's amazing. Like, all kinds of stuff. So I'm like, yes, they know what's up. Yeah. I provided. Right. I just recently was looking at um, a spell that I wanted to try. I haven't done it yet because it needs um, cedar wood. And I was like, oh, okay, I need to get some. I've got to get, and I was looking online for like, and the course all of the uh, like nurseries and everything are like, we've got a cubic foot and a half of, I'm like, no, 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 please. And then I remembered, (laughs) right. I'm like, absolutely not. But then I remembered I have those little sachets that go in your drawers. Yeah. They're cedar. cedar. Yeah. It's legit. It's just cedar wood chips. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's exactly what I needed. Yeah. So yeah, I, it's my favorite thing. Like, you don't have to make it this big, grandiose expense. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be. I have so many jars, and most of them have come from either other people giving me jars and not wanting them back, or the Goodwill yep. is a beacon for jars. Yeah. Oh, boy. They yes. are. Every time I go to the Goodwill, I'm like, you do not need more jars. <laughs> and then... My witch crow brain is like, but look, more jars. I'm like, oh, okay, more jars it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we, of course you need more jars. We have a huge box of them in our garage. Oh, yeah. So. And I, I think we have like two boxes. Yeah. And including under the kitchen sink, there's like yeah. 15. Yeah. No, we have jars for days. There oh, yeah. Four days. And it's like, oh, yeah. if you like go to the dollar store, they've got bay leaves. Yeah. They've got salt. Yeah. There's no shame in budget brujeria. None. No. None no, whatsoever. There's not. I was laughing, actually. I was down in California recently, and I I was in a, a Walmart with my cousin, the big, giant grocery store kind, and we went down the spice aisle, and they have an exceptionally large uh, section of the El Guapo, because, you know, we're Central Valley, California, and I was just yes. chuckling about your El Guapo coven. That was hilarious. I love it <laughs> so much. All right, so we've got fire extinguisher, giant pot. pot. The book. The book. The book. And yes. we have two um, more. Thinking two more. What do new witches need to start out? Other than education. New need. Yeah. Yeah. They need. Uh, this is not necessarily something you can you can purchase, and it's not something that I find many people have. But it's something that we really, really, really need to have going into this witchcraft practice, which is simply 
common sense. Yes. I was we really just need common sense. And, and that seems like something that we shouldn't have to say out loud. It shouldn't but, be this difficult. Right. And a sense of discernment. Those might be the last two ones. Because there's, yeah. there's a lot that I see going on online where someone goes like, oh, um, why does this happen with ghosts? And someone answers <laughs> like, because orange juice exists. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. I understand now. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. Hang like, on. We need to not just absorb things that random people on the internet <laughs> say to us as truth, especially right. when it comes to witchcraft. Yeah. And we also have to be able to discern good sources of information from bad sources yeah. of information without yeah. asking other people. Yeah. Because we have to remember that witchcraft is about radical self-reliance. And if we are constantly expecting other people to bring us resources to tell us what to do next, where to go, then we are not really walking the path of the witch because we have to walk it ourselves. We cannot have other people carry us down it. So if you're looking at a book and you're like, I don't know if this book is going to be good, number one, check the reviews. What are the reviews like? Um, who has endorsed the book? That's really important. And who has written the book? Right. as well as who has published the book. These are things that are all very readily available and don't take too long to look at. It's all listed in the Amazon listing for the book. You can go and see. Like, So like, is this book written about brujeria? Okay, great. Is the author Mexican? Right. Is, are the people who endorse the book saying that it's really good people who do that type of work? Or are they people who do something completely different that know nothing about that topic? Yeah. You know, does the publisher that it come from have a magical background? These are all things to look at. Um, so being able to scrutinize this stuff is really, really important. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, agreed. So now a little birdie told me that you have a hometown murder story. I am the bird. I do. <laughs> I, am, I do. I figured, see, I, I knew that we would get into it. Uh -huh. about witchcraft. But I also know that our dear dear friend is into true crime. Yes. And I I needed to know. I was curious and so I asked I asked our dearest love for their favorite or you know you know how I mean that word favorite mm -hmm. like true crime case or a hometown that they might have and I am I am so ready to hear what this is because hard same. I got I got a little bit of an earful about it, like a teaser, and I am ready. My body is ready. Let's go. It's very exciting. So today I bring to you <laughs> a hatchet murder. Ooh! Oh boy! Not only that, but this is the Candy Cane Park. Murder. Oh, I've heard about this. Yes. Yeah. So I'm not going to say what my hometown is because many of the people involved in the story are still in alive, including the alleged murderer alleged, who is still out and about. Alleged. <laughs> alleged. We're going to throw that word out a lot because I don't like going to court. No. Um, <laughs> oh, why? And what's good about this candy cane hatchet murder is that it starts with another murder. Ooh. There was a woman who was murdered in this town several months before. She was found in a creek. 
she had been sexually assaulted in the shot execution style in the oh, back of the head. God. Mm-hmm. It was said in kind of the police report that she died via drowning and then was shot afterwards. Um, she was missing okay. for quite a while, um, several days before they found her. And her murder, along with the murder I'm about to talk with you about, and there was even a third murder, and within kind of the two-year span in this very Jeez. small area, Holy crap. Um, all of which went without justice being brought, oh, which man. gave my hometown area a bit of a reputation that if you wanted to commit murder and get away with it, you'd come on over to where we were oh, in order to do it. bless it. The first one uh, came with a bit of drama. It seemed to be a cover-up. Things like judges and police officers Uh-oh. quit and left town shortly after it happened. Um, it, it was kind of a big deal. So less than six months after that is when the Candy Cane Park murder took place. Now, I am reading now from legal.com, and it's spelled like an L and then eagle which is why I say it that way. God, I love it. Um, this is from the uh, the court records that they have. All of this is public record. Um, we will simply be referring to the alleged murderer as defendant. Got it. Perfect. And I'm going to be giving you some of the details here. On February 11th, 1983, the evening before the murder, the defendant became intoxicated in a bar the bar, my sources tell me, because I still know people who were alive in this area when this happened, was called My Wife's Place. And it was a disco-themed bar uh, but in I the want, area. But I want to go to there. Right? <laughs> I, I want right. to, does it still exist as that? It definitely does not. Damn it. Um, <laughs> I, I believe there's an entirely different business there now. But this yeah. is the 80s, Fair. early 80s. This is 1983. Okay. Um, so this is... This is the area where you can have a disco-themed bar called My Wife's Place. I love it. Oh, my God. But it said that the victim worked as a waitress in the bar and had little, if any, contact with the defendant during the evening. The defendant sat for part of the evening with a woman named Patty Stroud and two men, one of which was named Cedric and the other one was named David. When another man flirted with Stroud, the defendant called Stroud several abusive names, then grabbed her face and told her in a coarse language that he would, quote, cut off her head. He turned to uh, Cedric and said, tell her, said, what I do to bitches. He was then escorted out of the bar and his friend Cedric went home. Great. At about 2.15 a.m., Stroud and her boyfriend left the bar went across the street to a different bar where the defendant was. About 45 minutes later, they left that bar in Stroud's pickup to go somewhere else, and they ended up breaking down close to Candy Cane Park. And so they got out of the car and decided to walk to her cousin's apartment, which is right next to Candy Cane Park. As they were walking there, they crossed paths with the victim. The victim, who worked as a waitress there, is... 21-year-old Dana Dumars. She is described always as being beautiful, fun, um, very nice. A lot of people have really, really glowing things to say about her. And and she was very well-liked and very, very young at the time. She was only 21. So as Stroud has broken down, they're walking to the apartment. She passes Dana walking the other direction. And is like, oh, hey, what's up? She continues on, goes to her cousin's house. It's like three o'clock in the morning. 
so she can't wake her cousin up. So she decides to walk back, at which point she has to walk through Candy Cane Park again. Now, let me set the scene. Candy Cane Park is a very open park. I played in this park as a child. There are very few trees in it. It is a huge open field in the middle of a residential area near, um, near the local university. So it's a very well-populated area and it's called Candy Cane Park because all of the equipment is, um, is candy cane themed. It's red with the white stripes that, that circle down around gotcha. it. So it looks kind of like this magical little candy land, um, which is very sinister when we, when we realize <laughs> it is the scene of the murder. So Stroud has gone to, to try and wake up her cousin. She can't, so she's walking back to her car that's broken down, at which point around 4 a.m., uh, as she's walking by, she realizes that there's kind of a shape in the middle of the field and no. it looks like one person on top of another. No. And she thinks that they are having intercourse. So she's like, oh, not my business. Gonna keep running because it's like four o'clock in the morning. Um, and so she goes on, not realizing what it was she had potentially seen. Now, here's the thing. Shortly after that time that she saw that, the defendant returned to one of the bars that they were at earlier. He seemed to have scratches on his hands, but he looked very, very cleaned up from the last time that they had seen him. And he then went to work the next day where he speculated about the murder that was that was quickly coming around town because they found her at dawn. She was still alive barely when they found her and then she died shortly after of her wounds. Hmm. Um, from a hatchet attack. Yeesh. And he was spe caught speculating in front of people like, oh yeah, I heard it was that waitress from that bar. They Sorry. hadn't released her identity. Oh. They hadn't released who she was, where she worked. They hadn't released anything about her. So it was uh, unusual he outed that himself. he knew that. So he goes, he gets eventually gets arrested um, tried for it and convicted for the murder. Later, it is appealed, and he gets out on a technicality. Oh, because they no. used they used some part of his interrogation or interview that they weren't allowed to legally for one reason or another, so they had to throw it out, thus exonerating him. And they didn't have enough evidence to then try him again. Now we have to remember this is a very small town when this happened and people talk. A friend of mine is a hairdresser in town. And as we know, people tell their hairdressers all kinds of things. Literally everything. I the hear- The secrets pour. Everything. How many people are cheating on their spouses? I hear everything. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. So a friend of mine around that time was a hairdresser for the medical examiner. Oh boy. Interesting. As well as friends with one of the people who were on the grand jury for the case, oh, both of I... which were convinced that he had done it. In fact, since very much like when he talked about um, her identity before they had released it, the medical examiner said that he had spoken about wounds on her body, or, or I think the quote was marks on her body, that she then went back and looked for and found he knew about marks on her that she hadn't found yet, oh, which boy. was very incriminating. Right, yeah. And so to this day, Dana Dumars' case is still open. 
They do not officially know who did it, though we have a pretty good idea. And uh, the defendant is still in the same town, (gasps) walking free. Oh, boy. Do you still want to (laughs) go? Yeah. (laughs) So, Oh, my God. A technicality, huh? That's insane. A technicality. That is, that's fucked up. Fuckery. Yes. Legal Legal fuckery. Fuckery. Very fuckery. Yes. Oh my God. That's a great story. And it gets better though. Oh, do go on. Because then it becomes a ghost story. (gasps) What? Candy Cane Park is one of the most notoriously haunted places in Oregon. And if you Google Candy Cane Park, you will likely come up with the haunted um, merry-go-round that was known to speed up randomly and fling children off of it and it's said to be caused by Dana Dumars and people say that they can still see her walking through the park at night. My nip noops. <laughs> that is so good. That is Yay! so good. Thank you. Now have you seen her walking through the park at night? I have not and I've okay. been there a lot. Alright well there's that. Well damn thank so- you. Spooky. I hope you liked Spooky. it. Oh, it was so good. Chop out anything in there that's going to get us sued. <laughs> no, I, I think, no, I think you did good. Yes, the defendant. That's, that all, was, that's all that needs to be said. Yeah. Yeah. And it throw out the word allegedly a lot. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Nailed it. We were messaging last night and it was like, so about this hometown, um, a lot of the people are still alive. Yeah. And just... I'm like, um, I'm like, I think if you just leave out some names are just throw in a lot of allegedly's. Allegedly's a plenty. I yeah. think you'll be okay. <laughs> allegedly's a plenty. <laughs> Especially both. Yeah, you got nothing to worry oh, about. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no we're, we're good. good. We're good. So. Yeah. Before... Well, and also, I I think the cherry on top, and if I non-specify this one as well, it it might be okay to say as as well. But it's kind of the the chilling factor on top is that this this the defendant is now a member of a church that is known for going door to door and oh. is often seen oh knocking my. on people's doors, asking to be let in to talk about Jesus. With no, a wh- thank you. With a white shirt and a name tag. I'm like, nope, no, nope, nope, nope. We're going to not. Rumor has Do they it. ride bikes or the other one? The other one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the white shirts and the name tags. No. Oh, okay. Bikes or white shirts and name Bikes. tags. Yep, got yeah. it. Got same, it. Got same, it. same, same. Got it. Yeah. No. Now, before we let you go, and after that nip noose, nip noop inducing story, uh, are there any other projects you have going on at the moment? I ask, knowing the answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I do I do have other projects See. coming along. Yeah. Um, any that you can talk about right now? I can't talk about it. Yet, but um, I will say that you have not heard the last of me yet. So there is more to come. Yay! That is very, very exciting. Um, So I encourage anyone who is interested at all, go get his book, American Brujeria. Brujeria. Or is TikTok like right? say Brujeria? It's no. Brugeria. the Brujeria. <laughs> American Brujeria. Yeah, it's my favorite. Um, you can get it anywhere. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it online. Follow him on the Instagram at Organ Wood Witch. Um, are you still doing classes and workshops? I am. I tried to do one about 
every month, sometimes twice a month, if I can put them in. Um, so I am doing that. They're on kind of rotating basis, just kind of random topics, things like saints, candle magic, protection magic, yep. um, things like that. Um, and I'm hosting the occasional workshop as well with my podcast partner, partner Britain. Um, we're about to do a folk magic uh, workshop, which is going to be exciting. Uh, so we have we have things coming up. So things many plenty. things, and also be sure to subscribe to his podcast, Invoking Witchcraft. Yep, anywhere you find your podcasts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And well, thank you so much for being on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I love being on this podcast. We always love having you on this always. podcast. So we always love having you. Yes. Um, and then hopefully now that uh, the plague is slowly winding down, we can actually see your face in person soon. Yes, I would love that. Same. Yay! Hard same. So thank you, thank you, thank you so very much for being here. Yes. So until next time, y'all. Hexes and hoes, y'all. Hexes and hoes, y'all. Bye. Bye. Mwah! Hats off to the Fuck You Club. We got to do it. Do you want to get a Fuck You Bob in there? <gasps> Maybe. Can I? Yes. Fuck you, Bob. Absolutely. A plus. A plus. All right. (laughs) And we're out.